Hello, Jose Bo. Ni hao. Welcome to Planet of the Climates. POTK is a Climadel podcast to bring you the latest information and insight into the world of climate action. Klima is a blockchain protocol backed by carbon credits that gives people a chance to fight climate change as a collective. My name is Phaedrus and I'll be your host on this adventure. I'm joined by my good friend and co-host Rekuman, who is on the ground in Singapore for a first ever live event recording session. Reku, what do we have in store for our friends today? Today we are doing something very special for Token 2049 in Singapore, the largest Web3 event in Asia. Every year, pioneers and opinion leaders gather together to share their view on the global crypto ecosystem. And we are very fortunate to have the opportunity to interview leaders from top projects attending to explore their thoughts on the role Web3 will play in enabling climate action. First up, we have Alex from KlimaDAO's core team. He's one of the founding members of Klima and a head of strategy for the DAO. He's one of the masterminds behind developing not only the demand side of the carbon market, but also the supply side. So here's Reku and Alex connecting on the floor of Token 2049 in Singapore. Thank you, Alex, for joining us today. It was really such a great panel to hear you speak. And I seeing you in person, you know. Uh, we always have been communicating through Discord itself and to put a face is really, really nice. So to get us started, you know, and let us help the listeners to get to know you better as well, could you share with us a little bit about your story and background that led you to speak at Token 2049? Thanks for having me. I mean, my background is primarily in the climate change space. So I've been studying climate change, you know, over 10 years ago then moved into academics, then moved into consulting, then policy making, all in climate change and energy tech. Moved into crypto 2019 or so, and that was with a carbon focus as well. And then 2021, I came across some of the other KlimaDAO founders who had also been working on this kind of crypto climate intersection, should we say. And so, yeah, I've, I've kind of been in touch with the team, been, been working on KlimaDAO with them, and here we are today. So, yeah, working on, on the strategy piece of, of KlimaDAO at the moment, thinking about how we go from disruptor, you know, the, the market's looking at us, trying to understand what it is that we're doing, to actually something that can scale out and, and really kind of have a big impact on the carbon markets as, as well as the crypto markets. So let's talk a little bit more about what we all want to know, right? You know, recently we had this invitation from Vera for the public comments on its approach to third-party crypto instruments and tokens. That's actually going to be closing soon. We are really, very curious on the implementation of, uh, you know, variable uh, carbon units, which is a VCUs. And uh, what are our thoughts on that? Yeah, this, this has been a, a huge event for everyone, not just Klima, but everyone in the, the crypto carbon space. We don't know what Vera are going to come up with. We're developing a consultation response based on our knowledge of what's happening in the markets and, and where we think the markets can and should go with the support of Vera. So of course we're going to advocate for the fact that tokenization is important and that we will work with Vera and, and other organizations, right? It's not just Vera, it's gold standard, ACR, etc. And we'll work with them to, to help them understand the market, to find the best solutions for the market. Ideally starting with the kind of MVP tokenization approach, which Toucan and others have already sort of trialed, but acknowledge that there are other approaches that could be used in the future. So there's this two-way bridge idea, which has been spoken about a lot. So in our consultation response, we'll be talking a little bit about that. 
We just kind of want to open up the conversation with them and get us back working again because we, we haven't had new carbon credits to work with for a while. So we will have a, a post on the forum relatively soon that details our response that people can feed into. We're engaging with that process, encourage everyone else to engage with that process. And yeah, look forward to how Vera interpret that and, and what they come back with. Thank you, Alex. Uh, this is a tough question. I'm not sure how you're going to answer it. So if no one understands carbon offsets, and legacy markets only use it for greenwashing. Why should we trust it? Or in other words, why should there be demand? Demand for carbon credits comes because of the changing conversation around climate change, right? Everyone, well, the majority of people understand that we have to do something. And the majority of us, and I spoke about this in the panel today, right? Even in the UK, which is historically a very resilient country when it comes to the impacts of climate change, maritime climate, pretty cold, even the UK is starting to be impacted by it. So consumers, businesses, the whole of society are starting to realise, okay, we've got to do something, we've got to do something now. And I think the carbon markets are probably one of the most high integrity ways of investing in the climate. You know, sure, you can plant trees, sure, you can turn your washing machine down by, by 10 degrees, but actually the supply of carbon credits within the market do have a lot of assurances attached to them in terms of the benefits that they can bring to the climate. So it's not perfect, and, you know, Klimadao, I would say, has inherited some of the shortcomings of the carbon market. But as there's more attention on the market, as there's more innovation in the market, the supply side of the market will continue to improve. And we've got to remember, the carbon markets are 20 years old, right? Compared with most markets, that's very young. And so I think our colleague Marcus uses the phrase, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Yeah, I'd echo that. Um, we're going in the right direction. Thank you. So this is a question I have for you. In the past one year, what's that one takeaway you had building strategies for Klimadao? The second part would be, what would you like to see on our second anniversary? Great question. What Klimadao has done well has been that it's had a clear proposition and it's acted quickly to make it happen, right? There was, there was this idea when Klimadao launched about building loads of liquidity for tokenized carbon credits and we established that extremely quickly. And we did that because we knew what we needed to do and we did it. We didn't wait around too much. I think that very, very aggressive approach to building, to developing, to driving forwards has, has served us pretty well. So I hope that we keep that as we move forward, we keep building, we keep going at you know, a, a fast and fair pace. In terms of the next year, I mean, I think it's all about adoption, right? We've got this technology, the technology works, we're starting to see people use it. In a year's time, we want everyone to understand the impact of our technology and also the accessibility of our technology so that they come in, they use it, and we start to scale Klimadao and we start to scale the on-chain carbon market as well. Thank you very much, Alex, for the answer. Really appreciate your time. Hope to see you around soon. Next up, we have Bree, who's the founder and CEO of Carbon.fi. She has a passion for sustainability and has an impressive business background too. So let's hand things off once again to Reku as he connects with Brianne from Token2049. Thanks again, Bree, for taking out time to join us today at Plan of the Climate. I was at your panel and it was really amazing. And one thing that I really remembered was one in four people will be affected by climate change. But to get us started, right, let us get to know you better. Can you share a little bit more about your story and background to get you to speak at Token 2049? So I've been the Klima team, who, and that you're invited, I'm actually on the panel. So I've been volunteering in the environmental space for about 12 years now. 
I think I'm pretty much, uh, honestly, I'm pretty much a tree hugger. That's the long story short of it is. And corporate-wise, you know, I've been in different capacities, like in legal and then in, in commodities and stuff. But I think what sort of like led me into the space or refi space or carbon credit space is essentially that I came out from two previous projects. Uh, one which was a sustainability project as well about origination for ethical ingredients and organic ingredients in skincare. And then subsequently, right before Carbon Fi, which actually was the inspiration behind Carbon Fi, it was a plastic recycling project. So I think earlier on on the panel, Mark mentioned that I come from the supply side. Um, the main driving force for what is behind Carbon Fi is that for small to medium-sized projects, which are essential to scaling climate change fight, it's impossible almost to get them financing. There are a lot of reasons why, of course, but what we want to target is essentially the transparency trail and origination trail to actually attract liquidity and financing into the space. So today, that's what we spoke about at the panel, and that's kind of what informed the whole viewpoint is that when I think about what Carbon Fi stands for, we stands for those projects. We want to democratize access for them in sort of a marketplace function, match them to potentially the demand side, which also has difficulty accessing marketplaces for carbon credits. This is a question that's slightly off topic. As you know, right, crypto is actually a very male-dominated space. We would like to explore a little bit on your experience of being a female founder in the Web3 space and how's the experience been like so far? Mm, so I guess like maybe it is definitely very male-dominated, but to be fair, like I also came from two previous industries which were male-dominated. So it didn't make too much of a difference. Although it is sometimes I wish that I didn't see the same patterns of behavior in the industry as I did with my two previous industries, but I also grew up with all boys, so that helps. It is a little bit challenging. I think also it requires a little bit of a different way of working than I would say a male founder would. I think I've been very, very privileged to be a female founder in a time where there's a lot of support in place, everyone's very collaborative, and actually that echoes a lot of the culture in Web3, I think, and that's what made what I'm doing a little bit easier, is that there are people who are generally more contributive, more collaborative, more open to ideas. So I think that's mainly like my main perspective as a female founder. Thank you so much for sharing. This is the next question that we have. It's what are your thoughts surrounding the narrative that you know, NFTs and blockchain in general is bad for the environment? I think you covered a little bit earlier on uh, during the panel, but you know, I, I would like to hear your thoughts for our listeners. So funny story, uh, obviously I'm not a tech person. When we started this project, it was never about being crypto. It was never being about like NFTs. In fact, when we first got our pre-seed funding with our incubator Antler, NFTs had just started take off in Asia. So it was more of like a logical process that led us to the technology. I think obviously we all know the crypto markets are not doing well, but from our perspective for our project, it's a really good time to build. We're actually building something real and more sustainable and long-term in itself. So yes, there is a lot of misunderstanding about blockchain, about crypto, about you know NFTs. But I think that now that there are more people entering the space, there is a lot more effort being made to understand the differences. And I think this will only increase with time. So I think that will fade off. One example I can give is like a year ago when I approached some ESG consultants because they are one of our most important stakeholders in this space. They were completely against what we were doing because they were like, well, there's conflict of interest because, you know, Bitcoin mining, which is only one particular segment of crypto and Bitcoin and blockchain, consumes so much energy, is at odds with what we do. And even today, of course, like 
We meet certain investors who are like, yeah, we don't think this is the solution because blockchain consumes so much energy. I'm like, that's fair. Like, I'm not trying to convince everybody, but you cannot deny the fact that in this day and age, that need for a trust and the need for transparency is super high. So technology like blockchain and Web3 fit perfectly into the narrative. So eventually, I think all the FUD around like NFTs and stuff will clear up only also if people working on those projects are actually building something real, building something with utility and able to explain the utility that they're building. I think a lot of it is just about coordination and communication. Thank you very much. That's a really, really great answer for you know, to wrap things up for the listeners here, what are the exciting opportunities that you see gets to like tokenize voluntary carbon market as well as regenerative finance in general? So this is a very good question. I think there are several elements. I think I'll list maybe two. One thing is, of course, we are creating a technology that will make things transparent and with that transparency comes efficiency. So I think Alex from Klima already mentioned earlier during the panel, it makes your capital markets and in fact, your carbon credit market is becoming sort of a capital market. It will become more, much more efficient and liquid, which is only great news for financing for the climate change fight. But also secondarily, I think it would enable a lot more action in the space, meaning that there will be a lot of things that changes development in that space in the blockchain technology itself as he said you know it's one of the many use cases so uh, I think one thing I will mention Patagonia came out really really publicly about you know donating what was left of the fortune to a trust so they didn't donate it to a charity I think I want to clarify that a little bit so essentially it's a foundation but the tagline is that earth is your only stakeholder and I think that's what Web3 and DAOs will essentially create. It's a stakeholdership for people who are invested in the planet and those are the people who will change things and I think that's what I'm actually really excited about is like having volunteered in this space for over 12 years and seeing the change in the narrative about this conversation about how tech can play a part in this has been the most inspiring thing I think. If anyone who wants to find out more about your project, where can they go to find out and learn more about your project? So please join our Telegram, our Discord. You just need to, or from our website, we already have all these pathways to our channels. C-A-R-B-0-N.F-I, the zero for carbon net zero. And we want to cater to Web2 as well as Web3. So we also have Instagram. Uh, and of course, like reach out to us at any time. In fact, we do hold virtual office hours twice, uh, every two weeks, sorry, every fortnight uh, online where you can participate, ask your questions. Whether is it about tech, whether is it about climate change, we are here to help one another be stakeholders in the planet. So thank you very much for this. Yep. Last but not least, we have Max, who's the founder of CarbonBase. He was in China's Forbes 30 under 30 list and has been a key player in developing the space for digital sustainable finance. Here's Reku catching up with Max. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. So to get us started, right, can you share a little bit more about your background, your story, and how did it let you to speak at Token 2049? Definitely. So very grateful to be here. I think you guys are doing an awesome process of creating this content. I grew up between the United States and China. So a lot of my life has always been thinking about ways that these two very different places can actually work together and create positive change. And I think climate change is one of the few things that actually the world together needs a lot of collaboration on. So from an early age, I started thinking a lot about climate as actually a big problem space. When I was an undergrad, I focused a lot on machine learning, computer science, and biology. So a mix of like appreciation of life and also designing you know, technology systems that help make people's lives better. And then I did a master's actually in Tsinghua uh, as part of the Schwarzman Scholars Program, focused actually on global politics and international relations around climate change. 
finally, uh, when I moved to Asia and sort of moved to Hong Kong and started working, I spent some time in investments and finance and actually understanding how does money move around the world and how do you actually get money to sort of uh, conglomerate in places where there might be a lot of uh, social benefits. And then the catalytic event for me personally actually was attending the UN Climate Change Conference back in 2019. One of the last conferences that you know was available before COVID really took around the world. And I remember being very worried about how little time we have left until we actually irreversibly set the world on a global warming stage. So from 2020 January to now, I've been on this personal journey of trying to use my experiences in technology, in blockchain, in economics, to sort of make people care about and participate more in the climate change solution sets. This actually led to today's conference as well. So I understand that you're from Carbon Base, and uh, to let the audience know as well, like what is Carbon Base doing to ensure the work we're doing is effective against climate change? Sure, so we're one of the earliest carbon calculation technology companies in Asia. So we've been able to help a lot of conglomerates, uh, real estate companies, shipping companies, consumer good companies calculate their carbon footprints so that we can actually allow them to take effective climate action. We also have built a personal carbon calculator, so individuals can also do the same thing, actually understand what their personal carbon footprint is. Now, this is the beginning. This is the first part of our journey. Second part, actually, is we started thinking more about how do we use NFTs as a message and a medium for good. And we launched the NFT Alliance, which is currently the largest alliance of impact NFTs in the world. And we tried to create an example of where NFTs can be used effectively. We're also very lucky to be the first ones to help WWF make NFTs. And that's also sort of informed a lot of our challenges and environmental concerns around the NFT industry. Now we see Ethereum has done the proof of stake transition. We think that this actually opens up a much broader space of actually large companies and conglomerates who sort of want to do this thing. Finally, our long-term mission is carbon-based, actually is to establish Asia-based blockchain carbon registry. I think having a registry, which is kind of the central authority of issuance of carbon credits, be based in Asia, actually helps a lot of companies, countries, and individuals here feel like they can actually more easily participate. So this is a kind of key initiative we're working on today. I'm happy to share more about that with you guys. Definitely. Thank you very much. I think this is something that is really important. And you know, speaking about you know uh, having an exchange itself, you know we have been having all these talks about you know shifting from off-chain to on-chain carbon credits itself. So the question I actually ask is, what's the issue with the current emission trading system? You know, first of all, I just want to say that having a carbon registry exist at all is actually an incredible phenomenon because there's a lot of things that people do that are actually good for the world, but are unable to receive any economic benefit from that. So having the registry actually allows people to participate and value the sort of action they're doing. Now, there are challenges and limitations to the way that these existing registries work. One of them is that it's really suited for large-scale projects. So if you have a big industrial base and a big sort of project undertaking, plus you also have the money, the, the financial means actually to register the project, then this system works for you today. But if you are smaller, especially in emerging markets where you don't have a lot of funding and you still want to do something positive, you actually are priced out of the ability to participate. So this actually has been one of the major, I think, challenges that we see right now. We hope that actually having a data-driven registry that uses a lot of you know, digital tools natively will actually drive down the cost of per project registration so that more people under the long tail of participation can actually also make their own contribution to climate. The second thing is I think the existing registries don't easily fit into the digital consumer world we live in today. One of the most exciting trends for me actually is the metaverse, the ability actually for us to you know, own and trade electronic goods that actually matter to us as much as actually the physical goods we have, you know, the clothing or the cars and so on. So being able to embed our carbon registry with the exciting verticals like GameFi, 
of DeFi and also of the NFT IP situation, this actually makes it much more relevant. So carbon, instead of becoming an afterthought, being something like people you know, sort of worry about once in a year, actually being something that people can think about on a daily basis. I think that's really exciting as well. Thank you. You mentioned a lot about NFTs itself, right? So I would love to hear your thoughts about sustainable NFTs because the reason why we're so curious about it because I understand that you recently had a conversation on Twitter Spaces about this Vivian Tam's NFT fashion show. Yeah, so we've been very lucky actually to work with Vivian Tam over the last few months to create a Metaverse fashion show. And we launched it in New York Fashion Week about two weeks ago. And the reception has been really positive, right? First of all, Vivian's an amazing, legendary designer. So the fact that she's actually taking a big step into this space to us is also an incredible honor. Right? We sort of see her as being a, a thought leader of her own right. Second is she also has a very broad base of uh, supporters, especially kind of powerful female executives and, and you know, world leaders. So her people who like her designs actually can see the relevance of NFTs more in their lives than they were before. It's kind of a female representation in this NFT space. But the final thing is really around sustainability. So there's, to me, two parts of sustainability for NFTs. One of them is, are the NFTs themselves sustainable? Which means that every NFT that we make, either on proof of work or proof of stake, we need to account for this carbon footprint and actually make sure that the NFT itself is carbon neutral. We don't want the solution we're doing to actually be on the journey itself, destroying you know, whatever you know, world we're trying to save. But the other part is actually having NFT represent a much more exciting part of ownership beyond just the physical, right? Because I think, a lot of things we buy outside of our base consumption needs are around luxury. And what I mean by luxury is like it's really means of self-expression, right? Yep. You don't need to have 50 pairs of t-shirts. You need really just five to be able to live. But the other 45 represents your symbols, represents personality you want to express. So I think the digital realm of this actually is a much more low carbon way to continue having your expression personality without having to make all this cotton and absorb all this water and actually have all these kind of you know, um, farmland. And I think this idea of actually replacing or slowly migrating parts of our sort of expendable consumption into the digital world is going to dramatically reduce the total carbon footprint per person. And that's actually going to be a big sustainability transition. In fact, right nowadays, like it's all about like, you know, like living minimalist, you know, like that's the lifestyle. Like you have like, example, like Mark Zuckerberg also have like five t-shirts of the same thing. Now, this is a very, I love that thought about, you know, being able to use the metaverse to do the, to express your personal identity in a lesser carbon emission way. It's really, really good. I have a last question for you. As you know, like Token 2049, it's a yearly event. So what do you hope to see the refi space next year when you, when you attend again? So one goal I have really is to have our registry be up and running by this time next year. So hopefully we'll be talking about not the concept of the registry, but actually the success, failure, and challenges of the registry itself. And second is, you know, today, this event, actually, we're very lucky to put together the first climate panel of Tokyo 2049. I think in the future, hopefully this expands to become like a whole vertical, right? There's more companies and individuals working on the climate space inside this bigger crypto ecosystem so that, you know, more entrepreneurs feel energized and excited to work on this. Thank you very much. So for those who want to find out more about his project, where can listeners find out more about your project? You can find a lot of our writings on carbonbase.co and also you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is P-E-R-I-C-A-R-U-S. And I just want to thank you guys as well for doing the great work of being able to create this conversation space and hopefully uh, getting more people to, to look at ReFi as a cool part of the crypto ecosystem. Yep. So finally, thank you Token2049 for helping make this special episode of POTK happen and congratulations on a very successful event. I'm bummed I couldn't be there personally alongside Reku, but I was thrilled watching the event from home. 
As always, we want to thank you for listening. And if you haven't already, make sure to give us a like and leave a review on the platform that you're listening to this episode on. To stay in the loop on all things Klimadao, be sure to visit klimadao.finance, where you can find a link to follow us on Twitter and join our Discord so you can interact with the rest of the community of Climates. We hope you enjoyed this special episode. Thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to saying hello once again on the very next Planet of the Climates. <laughs>